the Holy Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, his name is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout all the country of Judea, people were talking about all of these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to his ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. Please allow me to get situated in my footies. It's good to be with you, One Fellowship, here in person and at home. And uh, I'm glad to see, for those who are at home, I'm glad to see that I'm not the only one in footies or pajamas here in our sanctuary this morning. You may be asking, why is this pastor in pajamas. I'm asking myself the same question. No, in all seriousness, today is called Pajama Sunday. And we're wearing these pajamas for a purpose. Uh, we are supporting Lifeline Children's Services, a uh, ministry here in Charleston and well beyond Charleston that helps kids in need in the foster care system. The mission of Lifeline is this, to equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to vulnerable children. And for those who are new to the Christian faith or exploring the Christian faith, we read these verses about God's heart for orphans and kids that are struggling. James 1.27 reads, Religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress 
and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Also, we read in Hosea chapter 14, for in you, God, the fatherless find compassion. So it is my joy to preach to you today in pajamas, in support of kids in need, not just in Charleston, but around the world. And for those who are new to our church, we actually are not just a church for ourselves, we're a church for the sake of others, for those in our city, in our world. And uh, we tithe as a church to different organizations such as Lifeline and Bread of Life Africa and other amazing organizations that are reaching people we're not able to directly reach. So you can support Lifeline through December 20th by bringing new pajamas or new toiletry items, etc., and placing them um, on Sundays in our lobby or in bins on our porch throughout the week. So with that introduction, let's get ready to hear from the God, excuse me, the word of God by going to him with a brief word of prayer. So please bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we are looking at Luke chapter one, and I'd like to begin by asking you this question. Have you ever felt like Rocco? You might be asking, well, who's Rocco? Have you ever felt like Rocco? Rocco, as you may recall, Melissa, is an unofficial mascot of One Fellowship. And uh, he's the proud English bulldog, or one of them, of the Roush family. Here's a picture of Rocco social distancing in March. Hopefully you can see the picture on the screens behind me or screens at home. He was not happy to social distance back in March. Look at that sad face of Rocco. Then in the summer, his misery continued. Rocco got so down that he and his sister wouldn't even leave their cage. Look at those faces. Sadness. But lo and behold, it even got worse. Just about a month ago, I watched this video of Rocco where he basically showed through his body language to his owner, Amanda, I can't, I can't keep going. So let's look at this video of Rocco and see Rocco, if we can- get up. You gotta keep walking, Rocco. You've only gone a half mile, come on. Up, Rocco. Rocco, come on. Let's go. Let's go, Rocco. All right, everybody. Let's be honest. How many of you felt like Rocco at some point in 2020? Raise your hand. All the hands in the room just went up at home. Raise your hand if you've ever felt like Rocco this year. You know, um, uh, like we just can't move forward. We can't go on. The truth is we all feel like him every once in a while, right? And that's what I love about the Bible. It's raw honesty and it's emotion about the struggles we face. Broken dreams, broken hearts, broken lives, right? All culminating in the need for a bold intervention by a beautiful Savior. And such is what we see in our passage today with Zechariah. So let's dive into Zechariah's prayer, shall we? The big idea from our passage today is this, to live by faith today 
means to trust in God's blessings for tomorrow. To live by faith today means to trust in God's blessings for tomorrow. So let's unpack this over the next few minutes. Point one, living by faith, not by sight, can be hard. To understand our text, we must first understand its context. So that's where I'm going to focus this first point. Who is Zechariah and what was his struggle? Well, earlier in Luke 1, we read these words. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. So Zechariah is a faithful priest in the service of the Lord with a gaping hole in the heart of his home. He and his wife, Elizabeth, have been unable to have children and now they're quite old. And why is this such a big deal? Well, for two reasons. First, Zechariah's line would end. He would not be able to pass his name on to a son or a daughter to pass on his legacy of love to the next generation. Second, infertility often brought great shame in that day. According to one writer, listen to this, in any culture, infertility is an aching disappointment and for some an almost unbearable stress, but the burden cannot be compared to that born by childless women in ancient Hebrew culture because barrenness was considered a disgrace, even a punishment. And just like Zechariah and Elizabeth, some of you know this specific kind of pain and shame all too well. You've prayed for that baby to come, and it just hasn't come. You've prayed for that marriage to come, and it just hasn't come. And if you're honest, your faith's fading, not just in what you've prayed for, but also in the loving kindness of God himself. Like a fog rolling in on the waters of the Charleston Harbor, so your pain has rolled in and now blankets your soul. Yet look at what happens next in our story. At Zechariah's greatest point of pain comes God's greatest promise of blessing. The story continues. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer's been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. You are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elisha 
to turn the hearts of the parents to their children in the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared, excuse me, prepared for the Lord. So what does Zechariah do in the early chapter of Luke 1? Does he holler and scream with joy and celebration? Does he break out in a, in a dance? My, my son Blaze loves to do a dance like this and shuffle backwards. Does Zechariah break out in a dance and tell all of his friends? No, he doubts. Struggling to believe in the blessing of tomorrow. As translated in the message, Zechariah said to the angel, do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is an old woman. You see, living by faith, not by sight, can be hard. You see, no matter who we are and how long we've served the Lord, broken dreams can lead to callous hearts. And that's what's happened to Zechariah. And that's what's happened to many of us this year. 2020 has been a case study in this, hasn't it? I know of countless weddings that have been rescheduled only to be rescheduled again. I know of people who have found great jobs, but I also know of people who have lost great jobs. I know of families who've found that dream house. I also know of families who've had to sell that dream house. I know of multiple instances where funerals could not be held to celebrate even of the life of a loved one. I know of people who have found that great love this year. And I know people who have lost that great love this year. Whether you've been walking with the Lord all of your life, maybe even serving in ministry like Zechariah or on a team, it's easy to have broken dreams turn to calloused hearts. Living by faith, not by sight, can be hard, even for the best of us. Yet that's why there's so much hope in this story. Because just as Zechariah is limping along like Rocco in his faith, God shows up and unleashes his, his blessing. This leads me to point two. We can trust in God's blessings for tomorrow. We can trust in his blessings for tomorrow. Some of you may recall that this past summer, our family was invited to go on a class four rapids river trip with another family in our church, the Ramies. Now, some of you might not know this about Dr. John Ramey, but he's a madman on the river. Truly, he fears Nothing on the river. So here are some pictures as a reminder from our trip. If we can show the first picture. Is that up there? You see me being so brave. I'm actually screaming. My son, Caden, looks like he's falling out of the raft. He's in the blue on the left. Let's go to the next picture. Here's Madman Ramey in the middle of the picture. I don't even know how they're still in the raft. They're still in the raft with Madman Ramey guiding them. And then this third picture. Halfway through our trip, we got to this beautiful waterfall where we set up kind of camp, if you will, day camp, and ate a beautiful lunch. Now, you may be asking, why is Pastor Paul showing us these pictures, showing us a picture of a beautiful waterfall? 
Well, it's because the song of Zechariah here at the end of Luke 1 has been described as a beautiful cascading waterfall by theologians throughout the ages. Isn't that interesting? Recalling promise after promise after promise, Zechariah celebrates blessing after blessing after blessing that are his and ours because of the goodness of God. In fact, some scholars believe that in this very short yet moving song, there are up to 33 Old Testament references. Isn't that great, Jonathan Wong? Amen? Yes, just listen to these words. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he's come to his people and redeemed them. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he has said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue from the hands of a our enemies, and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all days. And then he turns his attention to his son, John. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Jim, a lot has changed in the heart of Zechariah in a short time, hasn't it? Zechariah has gone from seeing his life as small and near its end to blessed and in some sense, Evan, near its beginning. Zechariah sings that the forthcoming birth of Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah, through that God is fulfilling the Davidic and Abrahamic covenants to bring strength, mercy, salvation to his people and all who call upon his name. Zechariah sings, furthermore, about the birth of Jesus, how it's a fulfillment of the last verses of the Old Testament from Malachi some 400 years before, where we read, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And he's saying this is happening, Dee Dee, right in front of us. And Jesus will bring eternal light that will break forth through all of our darkness. And then singing over the birth of his own son, Zechariah, praises God because his legacy will be forever bound in God's incredible story of redemption. We can trust in God's promises for tomorrow. And so what does this mean, Luke, Allie, for all of us, for you and me? Well, here are a few takeaways. First, no matter our broken dreams, we are part of a much bigger story than we could ever Imagine. And if for some reason you feel ashamed right now in your struggles, even if you're someone who's old and you've been walking with Jesus all your life, if you're ashamed, don't be. If Zachariah, a faithful old priest, struggled, you and I will too at times. 
Second, even when our faith starts to wane, God's faithfulness never wavers. And that's the beauty of Zechariah's song. It shows the value of knowing the word of God so we can trust in the blessings of God for tomorrow. And third, and here's the biggie, for those longing for a blessing, we need to understand that God's blessings are not simply for our satisfaction, but for God's glory. We need to understand that God's blessings are not simply for our satisfaction, but for God's glory. Did you catch what the angel instructed Zechariah to name his son? John. And did you note the shock of Zechariah's family and friends when he gave the boy this name? Here's Zechariah's whole life. He and Elizabeth had prayed for a baby to carry on their legacy, which in that culture would have been passed on how? Through a family name. And yet while God gave them a baby, Heather, he also told them to name the boy John, which means the Lord has given grace. The point being all of the blessings we receive from God are meant to bring glory to God, especially the relationships and things we hold most dear. So as we close this time, let me repeat our big idea. To live by faith today means to trust in God's blessings for tomorrow. It's not just for Zachariah, it's for you and me, Dee Dee. So returning to little Rocco, if like Rocco, you've been laid on your back in 2020 and lost to will to move on, here's my encouragement. You can roll over, get on your little legs and start limping your way forward. Why? Because you are part of a bigger story. You don't struggle alone. Even when you fall or fail in your faith, know that God is faithful and trust that God is working all things together for your good and his glory. One fellowship here in this room and wherever you're at online, let us live by faith today, trusting in God's blessings for tomorrow. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I, I, I thank you for the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. I thank you for the raw honesty that they, like Rocco, like us, they struggled. They struggled to move forward. But God, today, with all of our struggles, we come to you. We surrender ourselves. Even when our faith wanes, we know your faithfulness never wavers. And we say thank you. We bring all of our struggles, all of our burdens, all of our questions, we, we lay them down before you like Zechariah. We trust you to love us even when we're stuck and can't move forward. 
God, would you meet us afresh today? Hear our prayers that are spoken and unspoken. And may we receive whatever answer it is that you have for us and recognize that we're tied to your story of redemption through Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen and amen.